0: Learn the most empowering hiring techniques, land the most desirable talent, launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick
1: Gerard. Amazon's leadership principles, i.e. their core values, have been the most critical element in their unprecedented success. Value alignment first, skills second. So why is this not a standard practice among all up-and-coming startups? The reason I believe is that leaders then become accountable for their actions, especially when they misbehave. Without values, it's easy to hide, it's easy to rationalize bad decisions, and easier to deflect blame when the shit hits the fan. This is why 9 out of 10 startups fail. Without the right people, your company will not be able to execute. And the right people are attracted to more than just money. They want growth, structure, and purpose. When your company demonstrates that none of these elements are present, the A players run. And you're left with the people who are willing to take the job. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest people. We do so by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Steve Anderson. Now, Steve is the CEO of Catalyst. He has spent decades shaping the insurance industry through a deeper understanding of emerging technologies and how businesses today can best integrate and leverage them. Steve is a sought after speaker and influencer. He is also the author of the widely anticipated book, The Bezos Letters, where he reveals the 14 principles for business growth based on the ideas and patterns that emerged when he examined Jeff Bezos's 21 annual letters to Amazon shareholders which is what makes Steve the perfect expert for today's topic. Steve, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today.
0: Rick, thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you, my friend. Today, we're going to discuss, well, we're going to take this a little personal too, but we're going to discuss balancing the need with patience to get the right hire. And then we're going to talk about how to put the right structure in place to land them. Sound like a plan?
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: When we talked prior to the show, you shared with me a really interesting hiring stories figure we can open up with that great
0: actually a little while ago i was looking for a new employee uh to help out we were growing rapidly as you, those startup you know modes uh and uh thought we had found somebody who uh would work with uh, really well in the position that we were looking for um and the short version we can go into more detail obviously but is um they didn't work out. Um, and we found that out uh, pretty quickly, which partly is fortunate. Uh, and the unfortunate part is just a disruption both to us in the business, but also to the the individual. Um, you know, it's, it it was not a good situation and, um, it it was, this is I think where we'll dive in a little bit, but it, it certainly was, um, Not taking my own advice. I I write a lot about in the book uh, how Amazon looks at hiring and how Bezos structured um, the hiring process, certainly early on, and really has continued uh, through their growth over the last uh, 26 years or so.
1: That was one of the things that I remember reading, really, like back in the '90s. Customer obsession was their number one leadership principle, and they did behavioral interviewing, which was totally foreign to me. Based on that, and then I think early 2000s, I actually did some work with Amazon. So it was kind of interesting because then I really delved into like what it is they were doing, which was really unique to other companies.
0: And, and I think a couple of things you said in your, you know, introduction, you know, certainly resonated with me in terms of my looking at the shareholder letters and kind of that that flow through. In fact, in, in the very first 97 letter, you know, Bezos says, it's not easy to work here. Um, when I interview people, I tell them you can work long, hard or smart, but at Amazon, you can't choose two out of three. Um, and, and this is a phrase that resonates with what you said, but we are working to build something important, something that matters to our customers, something we can tell our grandchildren about. Kind of that purpose, and 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 again, attracting the A player. So that's another comment you made that uh, resonated with me, because at Amazon they they do look for A players, and um, you know I say in my book A players want to work with A players, um, not not the other way around.
1: One hundred percent. I've been working the other side as a recruiter for a number of years, and I've had lots of candidates that have come back to me and said, hey, look, at I don't want to work with this team. Well, why? Because mm-hmm. they just seem like they're winging it. I want to be with a lot of other smart people. I want a chance that if I'm going to put my time in here, that it's going to equate to be worth something for me later on down the road.
0: Well, and, and you know, again, that, that sense of meaning, I'm working on something important. And, and I love his Long term thinking, something we can tell our grandchildren about.
1: Where do you think you were kind of off the mark on the one hire? That's kind of a challenge I think a lot of people experience.
0: Yeah. And, and I, so, again, as I said, you know, I was growing, um, having work that needed to be done, looking for help to do it. Um, came across a candidate um, that uh, knew a little bit about just from industry connections and, um, ended up um, hiring pretty quickly. And, and I think that may be kind of the first, which is not taking the time to make sure the individual actually would fit what we were looking for. And we had gone through the process of a, what I think was a pretty good job description um, and, again, not taking the time to make sure that, that that fit was there. And that that's that idea of miscasting, right? great person, lots of skills. Uh, That was not the issue, but not fitting in with, you know, Really maximizing their skill set in terms of what we needed, and then the mismatch, you know, became more and more apparent. Unfortunately.
1: So, was the pacing determined by the candidate? So maybe the candidate had another offer. Their time frame was fairly short. Yeah. Gosh, that happens so often. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, uh, you know, we kind of came in at the last minute. Had some, you know, interviews um, all phone, right base, which that's not good or bad. It just is what it is you know and we felt like we had to move fast if if we wanted this this person and um again I think um and I'll go back to Amazon they take a long time to interview and it could be right multiple interviews with multiple people some phone some video maybe you know as they get further along in person but they're very intentional and deliberate about making sure that the person that they're bringing in will fit uh, into the Amazon culture. And not everybody does. And I think that's what's, clear. certainly for Amazon, what people need to be clear about, everybody shouldn't work there, right? Everybody doesn't fit into what their culture is certainly back early on, but even forward to today. And and again, I knew this up here, <laughs> you know, which I think is a lesson is you can kind of know it, but trying to apply it is actually really difficult.
1: The hurry up thing, when the pacing is determined by the candidate and we start to get FOMO, that's a big clue that a lot of times the candidate is just shopping the highest offer. And you really need to take a step back and say, hey, look, at, let's slow this down. Let's make sure we're gathering the right evidence to support whether or not we should hire somebody. That's also not having an interview process and timeline in place by which you guys operate. And very few startups do. They wing it. We can talk to you tomorrow if you want, and they show this flexibility. It's almost like we show the desperation that we need somebody really badly, and we all know how that ends up for the person who's super desperate.
0: Well, and and one of my principles um, in the book is this idea of, you know, maintaining your culture and not compromising. And and again, you know, it's 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 hard to even say it out loud, but. Again, I knew that in my head, but not in practice, and and didn't, at the time, didn't make the connection, which is unfortunate.
1: FOMO is a powerful thing. We fear that we're going to mess out on this candidate, so we make a rash decision, and the rationalization is usually, hey, you know what, like, what's the worst can happen? (laughs) Right. And it's that seeming dumber and dumber, what do you think the chances of us getting together are? Well, you know, one in a million. Ooh, you're saying there's a chance, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yes, there's a chance this person might work out, but the chances are actually greater that the person won't work out. And you're doing a disservice to the person too, you know, not, by not putting them in a place where they're gonna thrive.
0: Yeah, that, that was actually one of the hardest parts of the whole process is, is you know, again, great person um, and really a disservice, you're right, and, and that's what's hard.
1: The intention of the interview is really to understand Extract evidence to support whether or not we are going to be a place where this person's going to thrive, not can this person do the work. And I think that's the hard part to really wrap your head around. The mindset of people has changed. It's not about somebody just coming in and doing the work and being happy because you pay them. There's got to be something bigger that's going to keep them around. Correct.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree. And, and again, I go back to the, the the second letter that Bezos wrote in 98, where he's he, lays out three questions that he encourages um, his people to ask when they're making a hiring decision, which is, you know, will you admire this person, number one? Number two is, will this person raise the average level of effectiveness in the group they're entering? Um, And then three, along what dimension might this person be a superstar? And and that one's interesting because it goes on to explain, it might not be and probably isn't work-related, but what other interests do they have? How well-rounded are they? Are they only this one dimension? And I think, again, looking back on it now, those are three really good questions as part of that hiring process.
1: Yeah. And you know what? We all almost approach it to like from a scarcity perspective, as opposed to an abundance perspective. There's, you know, millions of people out there. There's not just one person who could do the job and they just happen to come across your desk on Indeed that day. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your company's secret weapon to hiring the strongest talent. Our guest today is Steve Anderson, and we're discussing kind of combination of how Amazon hires and then how to structure your interview process to where you can avoid FOMO and making the wrong hire. So let's talk about how we solved this problem or how you solved it. Where'd you start?
0: Well, uh, again, looking back now, can having a little time to uh, do a uh, really review of the whole process, it, it comes down to a few things. Um, and we've talk, touched on those a little bit. One is you know, ha- having a process. Um, and, and as you say, new startup, lots of exciting things going on, lots of different needs in the business, but taking the time to determine and figure out, okay, what is the process we should use? And certainly, you could use either Amazon or somebody else as a template to at least start asking. But even, you know, what are the right questions to ask to get to what are the skills and capabilities of the individual? Certainly, you want to know that. Uh, But also, you know, again, I like that, you know, what else do they bring into the group? And, you know, he says later in another letter that, you know, he hopes employees now say, I'm glad I got in when I did in the past because I don't think I could make it now. Meaning you're continually raising the bar in in the quality and the type of person that, um, that you're looking at
1: but here's the thing is, as a startup, it's so critical that you get it right with the strongest people right off the bat. I mean, you don't have that luxury. Amazon can absorb bad hires pretty easily.
0: Now they can, yes.
1: Well, even past 10 years, probably they could. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know? But
0: early on, I mean, they were a startup like anybody else. Um, and I, I think probably the difference there is whether intuitively or learned, I'm not quite sure, but Bezos... Ha- Understood better than many, better than I, I'll say that. Um, you know, the importance of having the right people um, in the right place to help Amazon do what it's done over the last, you know, 25 years.
1: Let's talk a little bit about structure because I deal with this quite often. And if anybody's interested, I actually have a structured document that I can send you that works really well with startups. Essentially, like, let's talk about process and the structure. Did you formalize the structure that you put in place now for future hires moving forward?
0: Um, we have an, an an initial draft. Yes, uh, it's it's it's. I, I call it a work in progress because uh, we'll be looking, you know, for additional people here over probably the next few months. So it's top of mind right now to try and uh, get some structure around the process so we um, learn from mistakes made in
1: the past. What's important is that you have the stages. First conversation is a phone screen or a, we call it a discovery call, right? We want to understand whether or not somebody's positioned right for the organization or whether or not we have an A, B, or C player. Then you want to go to like interview number one, interview number two, interview number three, and have a timeline attached to what those look like.
0: And And I would suspect who should do those interviews, right? That's one That's what I'm, you know, part of what I'm looking at is, okay, is it, it's not, I don't want it all just to be me. I want other opinions and other viewpoints on the the people that that we're considering.
1: You want to empower your people to make the decisions. You should come in at the end of the process. It's not about you doing all the work because your team is going to have to work with them on a day-to-day basis. But the challenge that I often see is that we don't train our people on how to conduct the interview. So we just assume something magical is happening when the two people start talking. But I've experienced people just having conversations about baseball for forty-five minutes and said, "Oh, this this person's great. We should hire them. We have a lot in common. We went to the same school."
0: Yeah, and and you know that's part about the intentionality and the process of making sure you're asking the right questions and and, and getting the I, I would not even call it the right information. That's part of it, but the right feel for who they are as a person. And again, will they raise the average effectiveness? I mean, are they going to improve the the group, the company at this point, you know, um, when they come in.
1: I would say you want to get the right information, the right evidence, as opposed to often people rely on gut feeling. Like, I didn't, I just didn't feel like this person's right. Well, why? I, I don't know. I just something felt off. But that had been problematic where I've seen that be problematic for companies is when you have somebody who's not necessarily your high performer in the company maybe a b player and an a player comes in and that person might be threatened so there's personal motives behind it which in essence if they down hire, then now you're in a lot of trouble because a player is going to leave and you're going to be left with people who are just there for the paycheck and god help you out that happens right yep agreed yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and, and 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 we did use you know some testing uh, around again um Uh, I wouldn't say skills, personality, um, fit, et cetera. Um, And and those are, again, information, right? Tools that you can use to get a better sense for what's the, again, what's happening with the person and how they might fit with the other team members.
1: Well, you know, the beauty of the Amazon process that I felt was genius early on, like when I started looking into it, was they evaluate you for core values first, use behavioral interviewing questions. They ask you questions that are designed to extract evidence of how you operate. You're giving examples of a situation in which you had that problem and you solved it somehow. And the steps in which you took to get there and how it affected other people, how you thought about it. All that data that they gather from that is not what's gathered from a lot of other companies, period. But the beauty of the behavioral interview is that you gather all this data. You can actually make a correct decision because you can say, hey, look at when this person had this issue Here's They did A, B, C and D. And then the results were. Here and then, as a result, these th- few things came into place, and you you have this story that backs whether or not somebody's going to fit with the organization. One of the things that I've noticed is that A players resonate toward that. They love explaining exactly how they did something, why they did it, and get pushback from some people but usually those are not your top performers. Right. So it does put a really good mechanism in place to ensure that you're getting the right people to buy in. And since nobody else is doing that, you're standing above your competition. Agreed.
0: And, and I think that's one of the powers of the leadership principles that Amazon has put in place over the last number of years. is, And I remember several several quotes from research I did where comments were made like, well, they're not just plaques on a wall, but they're part of virtually every conversation that we have or every decision that's made, um, like customer obsession, right? So as an example, um, and again, that's really hard as a startup, right, to even think through some of those things and maybe even harder to put in place and become part of that framework that um, I can build any company can build that will resonate with the employees, the type of people, not even employees, the type of people that you want to work with in order to to grow whatever the vision is that you have for your company.
1: I'm going to push back on you on that one. I believe that it's maybe a half a day to a day of your time that you sit down with you and your team and you can build out all that. You can hone the process, but once you have it down, it makes everything much easier then your people start making better decisions because they're making decisions based on hey are we showing customer obsession when we make this decision and then you know you give people uh something to push back on you with
0: okay i i i, I can agree with that uh, right now it feels daunting um and and and, and here's
1: that's cuz you're overwhelmed just like i am
0: here's what i i'll say um it's probably not as daunting as I think it is. And I think you're right. If I sat down and, and concentrated on and, and kind of sat in it for a while, meaning a, half a day, maybe a day, um, I, I could come up. Because I, I go back to the book, I came up with 14 principles on growth of how Amazon grew. Took a wh- little while, but it it continues to resonate. So I, 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 will, I will take that challenge on. <laughs>
1: All right. Challenge given. (laughs) Perfect. So we talked about the structure a little bit. What would you say would be kind of the other key points besides structure?
0: Well, structure, um, again, again, we talked about FOMO, trying not to get too caught up in, I've got to have somebody just to do the work. Um, And for that, then really looking at, okay, what what are some other options? Meaning, if, I have, if I'm going to slow down or be really careful about hiring somebody full-time, what other options do I have to get the work done that I need to get done? Could be a VA, could be executive assistant, could be a, a temp, could be, right, there are a number of options that could come into play to get the work done that need to get done, but not, until you're ready, not bring in somebody into the organization.
1: Project-based work is... That's critical, especially when you're a startup.
0: Well, and it's probably easier today than it ever has been. I mean, if there's a silver lining to the pandemic, it's that, you know, work can get done anywhere. Um, And there are a lot of people who resonate, be that, you know, gig economy type or, um, like I said, um, executive assistant, virtual assistants lots of companies out there that can um, help fill in on a project basis or just on an hourly basis to do more administrative work. And we've done that a lot at Catalyst, is offloading administrative stuff to others so that the people can work, um, my team can work on what they're really good at. And so we're really trying to be focused and intentional about getting rid of what you don't like so that you can spend your time on what you you resonate with and and you're really good at.
1: Here's something I've learned from this experience. You definitely have to interview those people just like you are an employee. Don't get caught up in FOMO for sure. Because if you're working through an agency, a lot of times, well, look at you. Need to make a decision on this person quickly. They have the skills you need, and and you have to really kind of put your foot down and go, "Hey, that's not how it work.
0: I definitely did the interview process with uh, with the individual that uh, that I'm I'm working with now. So I agree with that.
1: So after structure, anything else that that you kind of put in play that could be helpful for the audience?
0: Well, I think um, what I want to say is checking. I I I, I hesitate to say checking references because that's fraught but but talking to people you know if you're in an industry that's small just talking to people that that you either through your research or know that the person that you're looking at uh, might have interactions with and just have a conversation with them um and and just get some feedback And, and at the same time be careful of that feedback um because it it um it might not tell you what you need to know today in order to determine that that person's the right fit. So that's kind of two sides to the same coin on that one.
1: All right, Steve, shoot, we're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into their business today?
0: Well, again, we've talked about uh, hire slow, Um, have a process so you can one, repeat it, and, and two, have a higher chance of finding the best individual. Uh, for what you need done um and three uh i would say train your team i mean have them part of that process um even as small as we are we're not very many people right now but getting them involved because as as you said they're going to have to work with them too so I, i think those are kind of three quick things that um I hopefully will learn.
1: <laughs> it's all a learning process. All right, Steve, thanks so much for your time and investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Rating community. What would be the best way in which members of our community can reach you?
0: Well, my main uh, social media platform is LinkedIn. I have quite a few followers there. And uh, Steve Anderson, you might bring it up, or Steve Anderson Insurance, uh, because of my insurance or risk management background. And the website for the book, if you're interested, is thebezosletters.com.
1: So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Ayla Gerard, and Andrea Ballin. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, view, and share after all this shows for you. And we want to continue to bring valuable content that you can use. In your business week after week, you can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher h i r e Power p o w e r Radio r a d i o dot com, or you can drop me an email at everkidstridesearch dot com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Tom Brunskill. He is the co-founder and CEO of Forage. I'm your host, Richard Ardenia, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you
0: for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success. Brett Brett, 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 Girard.